Well, today that the message again is in faith in his great name. And as I was pondering on this, I was thinking, I says, well, how can we have faith in someone we don't know? We know when we go to church, they, the, the, the ministers, the pastors, they say that you're a new creation in Christ, in Christ Jesus. You're new. He says, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says, behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Amen? He says that you are the salt of the earth, the light that shines on a, on a hill. But do we know who is blessing us? Do we know him by name? You see, because God, there's many names in the Bible for God. And the Bible is, is just, there's 66 books in the Bible, and they all talk about the Lord, his attributes, his personality. It's not so much Jehovah Jireh, our provider, which he is, and Jehovah Rapha, who, he's our shield. He's your shield. He's your stronghold in time of trouble. When you're in trouble, we can run to him. We can cry out, Abba, Father, because we know his name. In Psalms 91, he says, let me turn to that. I didn't give you that scripture in the, into the thing right there. But in Psalms 91, I love Psalms 91. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm looking at Psalm. Okay, here we go. In Psalms 91, verse 11, he says, For he shall keep, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me. Who is he talking about? Jesus. Because you have set your love upon Jesus, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because what? He has known my name. You see, saints, this is very important. We need to know his name. We need to know his attributes. Amen? We need to know his personality. He shall call upon me. Who's... who's when he says, he shall call upon me, who is he talking about? That's right, he's talking about us. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. All because we know his name. We need to know his name. God is not angry with us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves me a lot. And he loves you a lot too. <laughs> I can see the dagger sticking at me. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying, saints, is we need to know his great name. I, I, oh my gosh, I'm getting all excited up here. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. Can we turn there, brothers? Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 6. You got it up? I gave you a lot of time. 
That's why you need your Bibles, saints. You know, something happens with the computers or whatever. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great <coughs> reward. Is that it? I, had, I thought it was one through six. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who, is, who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you, if you are able to, to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. You see, saints, this whole message is summed up on Abraham. He believed in the Lord. He believed that what God said, what the Lord said, that he was able to accomplish it, that he was able to do what he said he would do. You see, Abraham had, a, had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with him where he could build his trust and his faith in him. And you can read those in chapters 12 through 18. Abram's encounter with God. The promises that he made Abram. Amen. The thing is, is Abram believed in the Lord. Saints, this is what we need to do, is just trust God in everything. Total dependence. Believe means have faith in, to trust him. Amen. This is what we should do. Believe in him, that he's able to do it. And trust him. You see, because God honors his word. He performs his word. It won't come back to him empty or void. Amen? Amen. He said it was, accounted to him, it was accounted to him as righteousness. In other words, because Abram believed God, he was in right standing with God. He could tell Abram something and Abraham would believe it. He believed God. And that's the way we are right now, because we believe in, the, in God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. <coughs> verses 14 through 21. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring them here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of, the man, out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. 
Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let's stop there for, for a minute. This man had brought his son to, to his disciples, and he had a, a, a spirit of epilepsy. But you notice in that, that, spirit, in, that, in that verse right there, that spirit tried to kill him. He tried to kill his son. Yeah. See, you're not just dealing with one spirit, but there's many others. Yeah. Amen? He tried to throw him in the fire. He tried to drown him. Amen? But let's keep on going. Look at what he says. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. You see, man cannot cure us. We need to take our eyes of man. Yes, amen. Even the doctors. You know, doctors can treat you. They can set a bone. They can do some great things. But they're not the healer. The Lord is the healer. We have scriptures in there where the Bible says that if you're sick, come to the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and prayer over you. Amen. And they shall be healed. You see, but right away we run to doctors. He says, oh, faithful, faith, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He says, bring him to me. See, that's powerful right there because the Lord is saying, bring him to me. God has anointed his servants, the apostles, the prophets, the fivefold ministry. Amen. But we're not to look at the man or whoever's preaching there. It's the man who has whose, whose spirit of God is in him. You see, we need to come to Jesus. We need to turn to Jesus. He's our healer. The Lord can heal. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to him privately and says, Why could we not cast it out? They were embarrassed, you know. How come, how come we couldn't do it, Lord? You know, what happened? What happened? Jesus said, I like what Jesus said. He says, because of your unbelief. Unbelief will stop the miracles of God from going, from performing. When, you're, when we're believing God for something, we're praying, we're praying, we're, we're fasting, we're praying and asking God to, to do something for us. And then we have it. We have it in the spirit. We can see it. And then we allow unbelief to come in, and it takes it away. You see, God can't move like that. We have to believe in what his word says. Amen. Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I like that verse. God has given us a measure of faith. Every one of you born again have a measure of his faith. Amen? Amen. And that seed, that mustard seed faith is the smallest seed in the, and you know, it's very small. But what the Lord was bringing to me 
is what, who are we planting that seed in? You see, if I'm, if I'm sick, if I received a report, a bad report from my doctor, do I run to the doctor? Am I planting, am I putting my faith in man? How about if I'm in trouble financially? Do I go to the bankers? Do I run to them? Am I putting my faith into what they can do? They'll just put me in more debt or they'll take whatever I have. Do I put my faith in our government? We see, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we see what our government's doing nowadays. We don't put our faith in man because they have an end. They have an end. Their agenda has an end. But we plant our seed into the kingdom of God. That's where that mustard seed faith that has been planted into you will flourish and grow, where you can believe the impossible because the things of the impossible will be impossible. Hallelujah. You'll be able to move mountains. You'll be able to cast out demons in his name. You'll be able to lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed, says the Hallelujah. Lord thy God. God has given us a spirit of prophecy where we can stir up the spirit of prophecy and prophesy. Amen? But where are you planting that seed? That's very important. I put my trust in the Lord and not in man. Hallelujah. He says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me just go back to my notes here. Saints, this, I, I had never seen that before about the mustard seed faith. It only grows in good ground. And it flourishes. It, it becomes like a tree where the birds of the air climb on it, nest in it. Amen? Amen. In Psalm 20, verse 7 and 9, can we go to there real quick? There you go. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Again, saints, this is where we put our trust in. Not in military might, not in our strength, our abilities, but we put our, our trust in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We plant that mustard seed in Jesus. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is our salvation. He is our strength, our shelter, our high tower, our refuge. He is the I am that I am. Hallelujah. He doesn't change. God doesn't change. We're still able to come to him. We're still able to run to him and call out on his name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's turn to Luke 8, 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. Hello? For he had an only daughter, about 12 years old of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. 
Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any. Let's hold on just a second there. You know, back in those days, if somebody had uh, an issue of blood, they were unholy, they were unclean. They were unclean. And she, she wasn't supposed to be there in that crowd. You know, sometimes saints, you got to go to a point where, hey, forget what everybody else is saying, and I'm going to my healer. I'm going to the one who heals. You see, because this woman, she had to hear the report. Jesus had, she, she had to hear Jesus opening the blind eyes. She had to hear the report of him raising up the dead. She heard the, the, the report of him delivering, casting out demons in his name. So she put her trust, her faith in him. It's that faith, amen? amen. amen. Let's keep going. Is that it? Now a woman having a... Okay, we got to keep going. There you go. And she came and behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. You see, her, her faith was put into action. Her faith was put into action. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive power going out from me. Saints, you are very precious to God. And your prayers, your cries, they mean something to God. They touch him. They touch him. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and fall down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. She had a good report. You see, God is still doing miracles, miraculous things today. How is somebody else, when they're going through the same troubles that you experienced and God delivered you, God healed you, they need encouragement. You need encouragement so you can keep going, so you can trust in the Lord. Amen? Amen. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. You see, she planted that seed faith into Jesus. He was walking by. There was a crowd around him. She had to fight to get in there, but she had to put her faith in him and not in the physician. We see what happened with the physicians. They couldn't heal her. They took her money, and she was none better. Some of the medicines nowadays we take, they're not good for you. They're bad. Have you ever seen a commercial? I don't know why I'm talking this, but you've seen a commercial, and they say, oh, we got this new drug. It'll do this, 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 but it can be harmful to you. It could kill you. The Lord brings healing. He brings restoration. Amen? We have something to share with others. Let's keep going. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter's dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid. You see, saints, don't be afraid. Just believe. Believe in the one, the one true God. Don't be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made well. You know, this is a promise from God. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, 
That same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal bodies. Amen. 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 He'll lift you up. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go to in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. He had to get the unbelief out of the house. You see, there was, all, there was all, a lot of people crying and wailing, and they look with their natural eyes. They say, she's dead. She's dead. She's never going to get up. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We need to know who we're going to. We need to plant our seed in him. And all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside. So sometimes you've got to get rid of the unbelief. It could be family members. You're going through something. Maybe the Lord's calling you to a ministry. And, and you're going through stuff. You know, the, the Lord is, is just removing those things that... that that don't produce good fruit. Yeah. And you're going through stuff. You're, you're, you're going through it. You can see it. And your family says, oh, well, you shouldn't be going to that church. You shouldn't be doing those things. So you got to get rid of the unbelief because God called you. Amen. He put them all outside and took her by the hand and called her saying, little girl, arise. Saints, we can, you know, there's going to be a time when that will actually happen with the church. God is looking for the church. He's building us up to believe in him, to trust in him, where we will raise the dead. Amen. Some of you will speak a word to the dead, and they will arise. Come on. Come on. You see, we got to get this unbelief out of our mind. We've been in this world too long. We've been looking at too many programs. We've been looking at the news too much. And we need to trust what God says. He says that you can lay hands on the, on the sick, and they shall, and they shall be healed. You can raise the dead. Amen. You know, the dead, it's not only just physical, but it's also spiritual. Yes. Some of your family members aren't serving the God. They're good as dead. But see, when you share the report of the Lord, that spirit of truth, that's, that spirit of life will come into them. And God will heal them and deliver them and set them free. Amen. Then her spirit returned and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. You need to eat the word, the manna from heaven. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. You know, this shouldn't, this shouldn't be astonishing to us. This shouldn't surprise us. This is what we should walk in. We should walk in the spirit where all things are possible. Amen. In, Luke, in Luke chapter 1, I think it's 27, it says, For with God all things are possible. And who do you have in you? You have Christ in you. Amen. Amen. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. This is the authority the church of God has, the ecclesia. When, when God, in the book of Acts, when he, when he, when he came down and, and, and baptized everybody with the Holy Spirit and fire, it was a church of power. You see, the Holy Spirit is power. He's the power of God. And when you were baptized with the Holy Spirit, you received the power of God, the fullness of God, nothing weaker, nothing diminished. You received the full power of God where you can do what we can do, what God says we can do. This should be nothing. We shouldn't be astonished. This should be something normal. 
Well, we just walk, we should walk in this, expecting it. But what's happening is we're not reading. We're not reading the word. When I read earlier, it says we're to seek his face daily. That's why I said this word right now. It sounds good and you're all fired up. But what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? Is it still going to be the same? Are you still going to be fired up? This isn't going to last. It's not going to last until Sunday when Apostle David comes or Apostle Michael. It's not. We have to read daily. God wants to encourage you. He wants to strengthen you. He's made each and every one of you promises. And he keeps his promises. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This is our call. Everyone here, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, this is our call. That he sent, he, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. I like, I don't think it's in your notes here, but I like Mark 16. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Saints, we're not to judge anybody. We're not to judge how they look, how they act, amen, where they came from, their family. We're not to look at that. He says to preach the gospel to every creature. He says, he who believes, is, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. How many of you believe that? Then why aren't we doing it? They will speak with new tongues. How many of you have new tongues? Not everybody? They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. You see, Jesus fulfilled his ministry. But he didn't leave us alone. He gave us his Holy Spirit. And then he goes on. And they went out and preached everywhere. We, they were obedient. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs and, and, and company signs. Amen. You see, when, when we're out there in the world and, and somebody's sick, somebody at work, your family, children, your, your whatever, we're supposed to do what God's called. To lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. But who's doing the work? It's not Pastor Fred. It's the Lord. You see, your seed has to be planted in the Lord. Hallelujah. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That's our call. That's what we're supposed to do. As you pour out... God's pouring more in you. He's pouring more revelation, more knowledge, more understanding. Amen. Amen. He's revealing himself Amen. to you. You see, that's what it is. We need, we need a revelation. We need a, a, 
the intimacy with the Lord who we can call upon. It's not about us. There's nothing in us. That's why the Lord gave me that mess, the title, Faith in His Great Name. We need to study His personality, what He likes, what He doesn't like. We need to study what He's calling us to do. We need to understand who He is. He is the I am that I am. We need to understand that He doesn't change, that He keeps His promises. Amen? Amen. Let's turn to Romans 10, 17. Oh, you don't have to do that. Let me just read it. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You know, we're supposed to seek his face daily. And sometimes you can just read aloud to yourself. And that's building your faith because you're hearing the word of God. And it's building your faith up. You can hear messages on, on, you know, on, I don't know what, podcasts. I don't know all these new terms, right? I'm old style, you know. But, but you can listen. You, that can build up your faith. There's old CDs of pastors and ministers that have, that have gone home to the Lord. And, but the, the word is the same. The anointing's the same. And it's still here to build you up and to encourage you. Yeah. Amen? So as you hear, it builds up your faith. Did you know tongues builds your faith that encourages you? That's why it's important, saints, to not think of it, wow, you know. I remember when I I first came to the Lord, it was in in Saratoga, Sister Rita. And she said, those of you that want the spirit of baptism, come up. And so I went up. And I had all the ministers there. I had Apostle Michael. He was an apostle then, but we had them all right there. There were like five or six of them, I guess, and they're all praying over me in tongues and speaking, and it was right there. It was right there. It was like coming up, but you know what held me back? I had gum in my mouth. <laughs> I had gum in my mouth, and I would shakara and shoot out gum. <laughs> but see, what, what the point is, is your mind. It brings hindrance. It brings distraction. Amen? See, you got to get rid of all that stuff because the Bible says that he who speaks in an unknown tongue, he speaks not to man but to God. You see, so this is, this is faith that I'm praying in tongues. I'm talking to God. It's important. We're going to have an altar call for those of you who want to speak in tongues. Get rid of the gum. Amen? I guess none of you all agreed, huh? Okay. Let's turn to James. We're going to close pretty soon. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26. James chapter 2, 14 through 26. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can faith save them? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give them things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? 
You see, we can pray, the Lord bless you. But somebody here that was in need, maybe they needed money to get for gas. Maybe they need something for their family. And they, and they, and they share with you, I, 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 need, I don't have any milk for my kids. I don't have any food for the baby. My PG&E is going off. And you have it within you. You have the money to give them, to help them out. And you say, well, I, I pray a blessing over you. God will bless you. But what good, does that, what good does it do that person? They need help. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. They were just empty words. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God and you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Let's just hold on a second right there. Abraham was a man of faith. The Bible says that he believed God. He trusted in God. He relied on God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He was in right standing with God. And now the Lord promised him. He says, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you a son. You know, he waited about 15 years before he had that child, that boy. And then the Lord says, I want you to take up Isaac and offer him up as a sacrifice. But you see, that didn't, Abraham didn't waver. He didn't waver at that promise because he knew that if, if he were to kill him, God could raise him up. That's the faith of Abraham. He believed that nothing was impossible with God. Amen. We need to get to that place where nothing moves us, where we're totally uh, dependent and relying on God. And what did the Lord do? He provided a ram. That's why we call him Jehovah Jireh. He made a provision. He made a way of escape. You see, that's one of his names. He's our provider. Yes. He's your provider. Yes. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. Is that it? I don't have my Bible with me. Is that it? And the scripture was filled, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. How many friends of God do we have today? Amen. Amen. I want to raise my hand. I mean, I, I hope all of you do. We want to raise that because we want to trust God. Amen. We're going through things, saints. This walk of faith. We're learning and we're growing. We stumble, we fall, but we get up. Yes. We get up and we, and we stand and we trust in God again. God isn't looking at your failures. He looks at those that, that, that don't get up. But the ones that get up, he's proud of them. Amen. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not a, uh, Rahab the harlot also justified by works? when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. She had received a report, and she was in Jericho. And the two spies came out and told her what was going to happen. She believed the report. They, they heard the report of how God destroyed the army, how he, how he destroyed Egypt. They were afraid. The devil is afraid of you. Yes. 
He's afraid of you. And she believed the report. Amen? Amen. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. This message, it's faith. This message that the Lord's given you, the Lord, he's teaching me. He's teaching me also that, I, that who am I putting my trust in? Who am I putting my seed in? Who am I planting my seed in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of this world? The message when, the first message the Lord gave me in tithes and offerings, it was all by faith. When I received Christ, I didn't know anything about it. I was Catholic. I've shared this with many of you. I was Catholic and I told my wife, we're going to start tithing and, and we're going to start tithing. I didn't know what tithing was. But it was by faith that I gave that message. And it's by faith when, when, I, when I do what God says. Amen? And this is a good opportunity right now. <laughs> God is so good to bring the tithes and offerings. In Malachi 3.10, he says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. We're not going to collect them now. But you need to hear this. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Horse, horse, host, look, host. Hey, gosh. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you. For uh, fruit, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed. Uh, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You see, in a while, we're going to take up the, the tithes and offerings. And this message is about faith. We're believing in what God's word says. He says to bring the tithe into my storehouse that there be meat in his house. Amen. And then he says, prove me. If I won't open. I love it because God says, test me. Amen. That's a loving father where he just doesn't spank you or anything. He says, test me. Try me now this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. You see? So we, we step in faith. I do this in faith. And I'll tell you the truth, saints. God has been faithful to his word Amen. for me and my house. I, say, I share this with you to encourage you. Don't be afraid. Don't doubt. You know how when, when the Jairus, he, he called Jesus and said, my daughter's dying. And he had to get rid of the, those with unbelief. Sometimes you have to get that unbelief out of your mind. You have to get rid of that fear that says, well, there won't be enough for me. I got to do this. I got to do that. God wants, that, wants you to get that out of it. We have to be like Abraham, where we believed, Amen. we trusted, we relied on him. God moves in faith. In Luke 6, 38, he says, Give and it shall be given to you. <coughs> this, is, this isn't Pastor Fred saying this. This is the Spirit of God. I don't even have the notes right there. He says, Give and it shall be given to you. He says, Good measure, pressed down, Shaken together and running over. For with the same measure that you use, 
God is looking at your heart. How are you giving it? How are you giving your, your tithes? How are you giving an offering? How are you helping somebody? You see, God's looking at the heart because with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In that chapter, God is saying to give. That's a good chapter. It's a good thing on, on, on offering. But if you go back a couple of scriptures, he says to give to those who offend you. Give to those who, who can't pay you back. Amen? He says, give, give, give. God's saying, give. And he'll meet your needs. You, we give out a heart of love. God is a God of love. A heart of compassion. And we give. I know that God will meet my needs. He will. If I look at the news, and they're talking about a stock market crash and, and everything falling down and all that, where are we going to go to? Who are we going to run to? And the book of Exodus was a beautiful example of how God met the needs of his children of Israel. They came out of the world, Egypt, out of house of bondage with riches. They were rich, but they couldn't spend it out in the wilderness. It, their money didn't do them any good. But God provided when they were thirsty what did they do? They went to the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus Christ. He is the rock. And he gave them water. What water? Living water. He poured living water out of that rock. When they were hungry, did he say, well, go hunting? No, he brought the fowl of the air. He fed them. He brought manna from heaven. You see, that manna from heaven, the spiritual food is better. It's more desirable. When Jesus was ministering to the woman at the well and the disciples left and they came back and, and Jesus, we got some food here for you. And Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of God. Yeah. You see, he was ministering and that was, his, that was his strength. That was his encouragement, was ministering. God takes care of you. I haven't eaten yet, and I'm hungry, but this is his meat to bring this message. Let's turn to Psalm 77, verse 11 through 15. We're going to be closing right now. I pray that this word would, would encourage you and, and build up your faith in, in who we're putting our trust in. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I remember your wonders of old. You know when he says your wonders of old, he's talking about now. What has God done for you lately? You see, because yesterday's old. Yesterday's old. But when I, go through, when I keep going on, I can always go back what he did for me yesterday or a year ago or a week ago. The wonders, his wonders. He's not done doing wonders, saints. Amen. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Amen. You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. When he declares his strength, he's showing you by his mighty power. He's meeting your need. He's answering your prayer. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. 
see, we can trust in God. Amen. This is this message, now faith. It's trusting in God. We need to know who he is personally, intimately, where we can come to him. Amen? Amen. Last week, uh, Apostle David, the, the Lord brought to his remembrance about this this message that the Lord had given me. And I got this message from this movie with Tom Cruise, and it was called uh, uh, Night and Day. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But it was Night and Day, and, and Tom Cruise is, is protecting this woman. The government's after him. They want to kill her. And she all this time, she, she wants to get out of the car. She wants to go back to her old life. How many of us, we... we God wants to do a new thing in our life, but we, we, we want to go back to our old life. We're kicking and fussing and crying and screaming, and we want to go back to our old life. And Tom Cruise, he's driving around and dodging all these bullets, and he takes her up to this garage, this garage parking lot, and he gets out of the car all frustrated, and he opens the door, and he tells her, with me, you'll live, you'll make it. Without me, you won't. With me, without me. With God, We'll win. We'll survive. We'll make it. Without God, we lose. You can take that too. But see, saints, with God, we have the victory. Even if this body goes, we're, we're with the Lord for eternity. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to have to take our communion today, right now. And saints, communion is for the believers. Do we have any unbelievers here that don't know God, that haven't made him as their Lord and Savior? If that's you, raise your hand. Those of you, sister, those of you on stream, live stream, if you haven't received the Lord, oh, just, just, uh, just pray after me. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I declare that you are God. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me. Father, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.